This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. It's Friday, it's 11 o'clock, and it's time for the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show with your host, Armitage. Blimey, it's almost the weekend, and the only thing between it and you, dear listener, is moi, expounding the virtues of gigs and concerts I have been to over the last two weeks, as there's been quite a few. I'd better crack on in an historical manner, like right, last Tuesday, uh, not this Tuesday, but last Tuesday, as in the 22nd of October, streaming. Downloading and non-Walk Radio UK listeners, I took a half day off work to catch the Wild Hearts, Last Great Dreamers and Janice Stark down in Dover at the Booking Hall. An old train station and the Wild Hearts, I mean, what's not the like? Well, apart from parking or the lack of. Fortunately, as I was due to interview Giz Butt from Janice Stark, we arrived at four o'clock when there was still plenty of on-street parking. Unfortunately... Janice Stark were broken down on the A249 about four miles outside of Cityborne. So we decamped to the nearest bar, pub, come restaurant, returning just in time to see the tow truck depositing a broken down tour van outside the venue. By the time we briefly queued to get in, Janice Stark were already on stage going through enemy lines that I thought must have been their sound check. It wasn't. They literally walked off the street with their guitars plugged in and went straight into their set. Never analyze the value 
No, I won't be shut down. Some common sense I've realized in time I found my way. My way through the enemy lines. My way through the enemy. later with Janus Stark set over vocalist and guitarist Giz Butt and I found a corridor and a couple of chairs to record an interview which uh, with all things being equal will air at 9am on Sunday the 17th for those of you not up in time or still coming back from morning worship it will be available to stream and download later on in the day unfortunately yeah wording it's positive and negative meaning I seem to have used far too much later sadly Sadly, I'll go with that. Who needs a thesaurus? Uh, the interview lasted the whole length of the last Great Dreamers set. Not that I begrudged the interview, far from it, but I could only hear the Dreamers either very muffled or very loud when the doors were opened. But uh, from what I'd garnered from the interwebs over the following days, the band were extremely well received. And so they should have been. I wasn't born to silver. I wasn't made in chains of gold. I'm just the last great dreamer
The Last Great Dreamers debut album, Retrosexual. Of course, that was The Last Great Dreamers. And if you want to see and hear the whole of that album played in full, if not in its entirety, you can, as it's being performed at the Lounge in Archway on the 16th of November, along with other fan favourites. Basically, must mean their whole back catalogue. Uh, they've also been announced as support to the boys at next year's Resolution Festival at the 100 Club, and indeed, the day before at the Con Club in Lewis. So... Onto the Wild Hearts. I bumped into both Ginger and Danny over the course of the evening and both seemed in fine fettle, with Danny amazed to learn that Giz played with Steve Ignorant on the Last Supper tour. So much so, a spontaneous crash sing-along ensued between the two of them. Uh, I was hoping to meet Maggie, Ginger's dog, but was informed that she was back home. No pet passport for the trip to Europe a couple of days later. Now, it was only a couple of weeks ago that I saw the Wild Hearts down in Bryant with Mrs A commenting... That you only saw them on the 5th. Fair enough, but the Wild Hearts haven't a rigid set list. So every show is going to be slightly different. Uh, Sound-wise, I think Bryant was a tad better. Now, I said Danny was in fine fell, but something happened during the encore of My Baby Is A Headfuck that made him throw his bass down and leave the stage. Yeah, we can all speculate what causes, but Ginger on Facebook was quick to say that whatever it was, was now sorted. Well, this is really the only thing we need to know. Did it spoil the gig? Yeah, oh, to a degree, of course it did, but we've all had our day at work ruined when things were going oh so well by one little thing. And on Tuesday, yeah, it seemed to be Danny's turn. To be fair, it was only the one song with the potential for a you know, further two. So, so percentage-wise, yeah, it's nothing to write home about. <laughs> Yeah. 
Clearly, that was the Wild Hearts and Action Panzer. Thursday, it was Jaina Stark once again, but in headlining mode at the Hope and Anchor, with support coming from Who Killed Nancy Johnson and openers The Nose Divers, both of who, up until last Thursday, had not crossed my path. Apparently, The Nose Divers had actually split up for 20 years, so that's probably why they were a bit unfamiliar in my household. According to the band's Facebook page, new songs are soon to be in the offing, with a SoundCloud page of 20-year-old-plus demos to keep everyone happy, from which this one, Overlife, has been taken.
formed in 2015, who killed Nancy Johnson, have toured the length and breadth of the UK, releasing the first EP, Cops and Robbers, in January 2017. Later in the same year, the band made their first visit outside of the UK, with a couple of dates in Milan, toured in France, and released another new EP called Flat Earth Theory, and a compilation-only CD, Eponymous, that collected all their recorded work up to that point, including remixes and material not released anywhere else. Also, uh, a charity download single, They Reap, came out in September for Musicians Against Homelessness. Uh, This year so far, we've seen the release of They Reap Sessions, cassette and download EP, followed by a split 12-inch vinyl-only EP from Sounds of the Suburbs Records. Uh, This is the aforementioned Charity Single. Homes constructed by the state sell them to the public at a get rush rate. The tenants move on, the market rolls the dice. No one but a toy can afford the market price. Who will be on the houses? The private rented now. The children of the tenants are a big cash now. You're earning 30,000, pay them 15 grand a year. Back to Janus Stark. Uh, I've not seen them headline since what, the late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, even thinking about it, I'm not even sure that I did back then. All that aside, The Hope and Anchor on the 24th got the full-on almost an hour's worth of headlining treatment. Even guitarist Richard Gumbolt's previous band, 
That'll be Midget. Got a song aired in the shape and form of camouflage. Funny enough, even though there was a fair old crowd for a Thursday night, I only recognised a handful of people, and that included the squirrel. Suspects that I thought would normally be in attendance were conspicuous by their absence. I'm sure once Angel in the Flames hits the real and virtual record shops on the 30th via Time and Matter Records, things will be different. It'll be their fault they didn't get in on the ground floor. Well, the first floor anyway.
You're listening to Rock Radio UK, home of the best in rock. Turn it up. Yes, yes you are. And that was Janus Stark and Traitor's Call. Right, so 24 hours later, I was once again back at the Open Anchor. But for this time, it was the turn of Johnny Throttle, New York Junk, and opening proceedings for Rockaway Beach 43, the Phobics. Last Friday was Tim and Deb Dorella's Halloween mess-up dress-up special, which unbelievably uh, was the first I've attended. Traditionally, I have noted that the Phobics always play Rockaway Beach Halloween Duda. Arguably, you could say that the band were worthy of closing the gig. But the thing is with Tim and Dreb's club nights is that a lot of the time, all the bands on the bill could be the headlining material. But it's more of an event. Stick the Phobics on at 8.30 on a Friday evening and by the time Tom, Paul, Mooney, Jeff and Charlie clamber on stage, the basement will be packed. And sporting a new CD last Friday, it was... Doubly so. The 11 track set balanced old and new. And it'll work really well. Uh, if you're at Loose End tomorrow evening, uh, you can find out for yourself as the Phobics will be supporting Chelsea at the Underwood. Unfortunately, I mean, regrettably, I'll be in the pub literally around the corner from Tom's place with X to Ray watching the Feel Good Pan. You win some, you draw some. <laughs>
Arctophobics and I Can Tell. From the brand spanking you, um, Burnt Rubber. But I guess you probably worked that out for yourselves. Up next were New York Junk, a band you might not be super familiar with. But vocalist, guitarist Joe Nick wrote the music to the original version of Poison Heart that D.D. Ramone wrote the words to for the Ramones. Uh, Cynthia Ross Bass, backing vocals, is formerly of the B-Girls, who uh, back in the day supported The Clash and uh, sang backup vocals on Blondie's auto-American album and one of uh, Steve Bates' solo albums, if memory serves me well, uh, with drummer Gary Barnett holding it all together. The New York music scene uh, of the mid-70s had that certain unique sound, irrespective of the obvious. You knew that the dolls were from the city that never sleeps. And it is easy to suss out those who claim to be from said city, but clearly weren't. Uh, Even before the first note was struck, New York junk oozed it from their stance to their demeanour. Like the band, the songs might not have been familiar, but by the end of their set, instead of being in N1, you really felt you could be on the corner of 53rd and 3rd.
Talk Junk's new EP, Seven Train, and that was going back to Max's. Finishing off the whole shebang were Johnny Thrall. Now, uh, after two gigs on the trot standing up, my feet were killing me. I have actually made a doctor's appointment because it feels like I'm walking barefoot on a pebble beach all the time. And yeah, let's not get started on me these. This all meant that I went home without seeing a second of Johnny Thrall. It was a difficult choice. See a great band and be fucked for the weekend, or don't see a great band, and as it turns out, yeah, still be fucked for the weekend. Fortunately, I have their music to console myself with. Uh, I would have kicked myself, but you know, bad feet. Monday, I took the day off work. Uh, Tuesday would have also been a good idea, but, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Of course, Monday was the damned at the London Palladium. Uh, I usually don't take time off work for London gigs, but for lunch, a few of us from the Anything Damn Facebook page were meeting up with Ratscavers for drinks and stories. And, in a case of extreme bad timing, whilst driving up to Rockaway Beach on Friday, Simon Edwards, one of my three all-time favourite drummers, phoned me up for my opinion on the news that Pinch, after 20 years, was leaving the damned once the Palladian gig was over. Yeah, it was the first I knew about it. Naturally, the internet was awash with the hope that Rat would be rejoining. In the pub, no one wanted to address the elephant in the room, but I caught, well, 
the management have been in contact, which I assume was over something uh, completely different, followed later by, I like to be asked. To be honest, uh, I think the trust issue Captain has with Rat, yeah, is unsurmountable. Uh, Captain's misguided, in my humble opinion. Mind you, I think it all hinges on Dave. Uh, my money is on Martin Parrott, as he's already part of the extended Dan family, playing in the uh, Sensible Grey Cells, and Johnny Moped, which uh, would leave uh, the door open for Dave Burke to rejoin. Anyway, also, changing the subject, uh, Rat has also been offered a publishing deal for his biography, which I think will be the most honest out of all the Dan members. Uh, oh, and I found out why. It won't be a 40th anniversary machine gun etiquette or a 40th anniversary release of anything from Chiswick. Turns out, someone, allegedly, in the damned organisation decided to sue the label for the rights to their material, as you can do under US law. Obviously, Chiswick is a UK label and the contract falls under UK law, meaning there will be no reissues of Machine Gun Etiquette or the Black Album as it would be deemed as counterproductive. So there you go. Right, OK, on to the gigging heads at the aforementioned London Palladium that started off with a funeral cortege in Great Marlborough Street that went into Argyle Street, Little Argyle Street, left into Regent Street before returning to the Palladium where the open coffin was taken into the venue. Uh, the gig was more of a concert, it was more of an event, a real theatrical show interspersed with the Circus of Horrors. Uh, the gig was broken down into two acts. Uh, first lasted about an hour and a quarter, beginning with Beauty of Beast and ending up with Curtain Call featuring a string section with Emily Vanian and Yuri Rinkbrick trading the violin solos. After a 20 minute interval, the band returned for Tightrope and uh, the dog with you know, Dave singing off stage. The reason for this is when he returned for Neat 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 with Bauhaus's uh, Bella Lugosi's Dead taking them over the middle eight it was because he was now count or not complete with shaved head he really did he shaved his head i thought when i first saw him because uh, we we're on like third row from the front i thought that is brilliant the makeup that's why it's taken so long the the skull thing you know, i couldn't see the moves and stuff he actually shaved his head good for him anyway uh, the second act was uh about 45 minutes in length and uh, was a bit punkier than previous uh, with a seated audience now on their feet, filling up the aisles. Usually, uh, Smash It Up finishes damn gigs, but not on Monday. That was reserved for the new song, Black Is The Night, with Dave climbing into his coffin and closing the lid as the last notes flayed away. Did I enjoy it? I want to say, hell yeah! But uh, although I was pleased to be seen for most of the time, it was odd to see the damned that way i guess the palladium has now been ticked off their bucket list next time i like to see the whole event staged at the roundhouse Wanders alone through the dark 
A child with eyes burning bright She extends her arms for an embrace A tiny smile A ruby lips on a doll-like face The danger's a mystery here And she invites you to hold her near A mirrored image could not be linked to A woman's mind so sharp and so distinct Like a swimmer in a secret sea Undecayed for all eternity Claudia Better stay away from Claudia The silkiness of her lips As she bends low to kiss A tiny seductress
So, on to the last of this week's gigs. And if I'm honest, I have saved the best to last in the shape and form of the Michael Munro Band at the Islington Academy, with support from Electric Eel Shock, who I completely missed as I was waiting in the York for the squirrel to arrive with my ticket. On the plus side, though, I did bump into Timo Kalicio and Sammy Yaffa, and... Sandwich in the middle, who I did get to see, was Tyler's Dogstamore. To be honest, again, uh, I was underwhelmed by this version of the Dogstamore. Uh, maybe because it wasn't the dogs, or I didn't know who was in this particular lineup apart from Tyler, or the anticipation for Michael Munro cancelled everything out. But if that had been the first time I'd seen the band, I would have wondered what all the fuss would have been about.
Explosive is the only word I can use to describe the Michael Monroe band. It really took me back to the marquee days of Hanoi Rocks, with everybody knowing everyone else. Uh, it took us 30 minutes after the gig finished to say our goodbyes. Nearly everyone was jumping up and down and singing along with the band playing out their skins, as opposed to out their heads. Uh, I did catch myself thinking, if only the damned could play this urgently. First five songs were all taken from the new album, One Man Gang, all of which felt like being power-drilled home, even Midsummer Night. Three Hanoi tracks were aired, four if you include, up around the bend. Now, long-time listeners are well aware that I prefer Michael Solo to Michael Hanoi, but for the whole gig, the pace did not drop or seem to dip, even for the slower Hanoi numbers. I feel alright ended the night, and I certainly did. The squirrel, as I speak and you listen, is packing her handkerchief, tying a knot in it and pushing an old broom handle into it as she readies herself for more of the same as she takes in three more dates. Probably the best two weeks of gigs I have ever been to. Until next week, take it easy. Yeah.